1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Makers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: Somewhere down the track, we decided we'd be starting a bobsleigh team, which might be a terrible idea, but would be fun. Tom Walsh had some advice for us.
0: Um, I've just heard a little bit of chat about you
3: trying to fit into a bobsled, and uh, I, I know for a fact, mate, that uh, your knees are no good, so that'd be no good. And you know, Like, I know I wouldn't fit in one, but shit, mate, you don't
4: have much of a hope either.
2: <laughs> wow, so Tommy's just coming and swinging it, Deg, and well... <laughs> Come see me now, mate, I can see three abs on my tummy, you won't. Anyway, it's a funny big Tom, it's funny big Tom is weighing in on this stuff because a man who works very closely with Tom for High Performance Sport New Zealand, making them the beast has actually competed at multiple Winter Olympics in the bobsleigh, it's Angus Ross and he's on the line now. Good morning, Angus. Good
3: morning. Good morning. How,
2: are doing, How are you doing, bud?
3: Yeah, good, thank you.
2: Awesome, hey mate, how's how's how are you enjoying the Winter Olympics? Have you been, um, you know, having a good old watch on the tally and enjoying it for myself and bears? We've been absolutely loving it.
3: Yeah, no, it's been good. I haven't, um, I haven't watched a hell of a lot, but uh, I, the bits that I've seen have been pretty cool and nice to see some of the Kiwis doing well. And yeah, obviously Zoe um, is killing it over there. So yeah, and, and probably will do <laughs> do so again in the in the big air coming up. So yeah, really good.
4: Nice. Angus uh Baz here mate, let's let's cut straight to the chase. Let's talk positions in the Bob's sled. Is there is there such things? And and if there is, what positions would uh is myself fill in the sleigh?
3: <laughs> yeah, there are positions. So um you've got obviously a driver at the front who is uh, the brains of the operation. And they are they are so of, that's me. steering the sled That'll be me. Yeah clearly that's clearly that'll be you. <laughs> Um, and then, then you have the the, the grunts. Is he or bears? the Baz. Uh, probably bears, I'm thinking. Um, what? Keep uh, going. Sorry. Obviously, obviously
2: the,
3: uh, the guys at the, the guys at the back provide the, the start, and the start is a key part of the um, you know, oh. providing momentum to the thing. So you have you have the the rocket ships supposedly are at the back, um, providing the energy, and then. They get in and their work's done. The guy right at the back is the brakeman who puts the brakes on at the end so you don't crash into the to the uh the end of the run. Um and, but yeah, basically once the guys are in, they're just sitting there um trying to stay as relaxed as possible, not to interfere with the movement of the seat on the ice, because if you move obviously it's goes goes pear shaped.
4: Wow, so there's actually quite a lot of sort of craft to it, right? Like so, so the person who's creating all the energy, or like all the um, momentum at the start, so are they they have to be pretty quick. Obviously, you know, is that yep. right? Like yeah. Because I remember Chris Donaldson, um, the former sprinter, he got asked to do this once because he was so fast. So that would have been his role, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so the um, yeah, essentially, essentially, the faster you go, the first fifty meters you push for the first fifty meters. And the, the rule of thumb is a tenth of a second in the first 50 metres translates to three tenths at the, at the bottom, all other things being equal. So you want to have the fastest possible guys at the start, and they also need to be quite heavy. And so, because you, there's a momentum factor there. So if you're light, you have to add weight to the sled, and if you're heavy, you don't mm-hmm. have to add weight to this. So you, big guys pushing a light sled is advantageous. So so for Izzy, Izzy's actually, you know, you are about the right size. Um, because you want to be in a four-man sled, you want to be around about 100 kilos, In a two-man sled you can average 110 kilos. But so yeah, there okay. is a weight factor there that's important. So
2: I'll be, we'll be good in the two-man. Um, I'm 105 at the moment, so we'll be good in the e. There we go. Good to
4: go. Good to go. What about what about the characters? Do you have to? What sort of character? Like, I had a big Cuban cigar yesterday afternoon. Would that fit well with the personality of a bobsledder?
3: Yeah, totally. There's no, no aerobic capacity required. So you're only pushing for five seconds. So yeah, you, you're good with your, your Cubans. And uh, actually, some, some <laughs> of the German guys, uh, Germans and the Austrians, are famous for having a few dairies before they, they'd race on occasions. So yeah, there's no problem at all. <laughs> uh,
4: but oh. where would Tommy Walsh go? Would he, would he get in a, in a bobsled or it wouldn't really work?
3: Well, you, you'd have to have a pretty skinny driver to accommodate Tom, because Tom weighs nearly 140 clicks. So um, you'd need a driver that weighed about 60 clicks for him to be uh, making weight, I would think. So he, <laughs> if, he, if he was in a four-man, he, he he'd get in at number two, probably, which means he, So you want? it's kind of in reverse. So you have the powerful guys in early, and the fast guys get in late, because they run a few more steps. So a big, powerful guy like Tom, you'd probably put him in number two, and then you'd have two guys that were sort of Chris Donaldson-type guys um, running in at three and four.
4: Wow. Interesting. There's a lot to it,
3: is. Yeah, there's
2: a lot to it. And it's like we spoke about it last Friday. I'm I'm actually keen for me and Baz to have a crack at this. If we wanted to give it a go in New Zealand, where do we go? How do we go about it?
3: Well, you you can't do it in New Zealand, that's the thing. You have to go to North America. There's no, there's, we can there's no travel or something there. Yeah. So, so, so probably Canada or, or Park City in Utah um, are probably the closest tracks. Or, or, I'm not sure if it's still open, but the, the, there was a couple of tracks in Japan, obviously, from way back in the day, but I don't know if they get used anymore. So whether they're still open, I'm not sure. But it's Japan or um, Korea are probably the closest tracks.
2: So, so the sport of bobsledding or bobsleigh in New Zealand, it's it's probably non-existent at the moment, is it? There's there's just no way of these. How were you able to do it in in '98 and uh, '02?
3: So, so we just travelled. It was quite, so. It's, so it's, it, when Chris Donaldson, for example, got recruited, the, the whole idea yeah. was to recruit people with yeah you know, the athletic qualities that are needed, and then you have to travel. And so that we tested a whole lot of guys, you know. 30 or 40 metre times, you know, what they could, how strong they were, because you're pushing a 200k lead, so you need strength and you need mm. speed, and then you have to travel overseas and um, give it a go.
5: Wow.
2: Fascinating, fascinating. Look, we spoke to Tom last week. You're obviously training Tom. He spoke about his numbers. He was very, very humble about them, but he splatted them off, mate. How's his training <laughs> been going, and uh, how's he tracking over the last couple of weeks? I know he had that meeting in Wellington. Uh, 21 years he he he's hoping to get to 23 in the next couple of months how's he going
3: yeah he's going pretty well um so it's always hard to tell with Tom when he's when he's under load he's um yeah he's he's, he's a bit depressed with his his performances and so he's just he's just starting to come out of heavy Is loading he complaining? so no he doesn't complain much he's pretty stoic on all that stuff he's uh but yeah he, he's, uh, he's 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 doing all right and um he's he's right on track to be uh, in a good form by World Indoors, which is in March. So I think we'll, um, we'll sort of reserve judgment until we get a little bit closer. But I think he's, he's looking all right. He's doing some PBs and some various things of training at the moment. So, um, yeah, happy days.
4: Nice. Angus, were you a bit concerned as uh, his trainer when you saw him diving around in the outfield in the black clash, that, that maybe he might be just pushing himself a little hard? <laughs>
3: yeah, well, to be fair, I was a little concerned given um, one of the other athletes I work with, um, Emma Twigg did did a bit of cricket and ended up popping her shoulder, uh, diving around the boundary. So um yeah, so yeah. I mean we talked about it and um uh, but yeah he was he's he's pretty good. He he uh big guy, he roll, he rolls pretty well.
4: Uh <laughs> <laughs> right, Louie, you're gonna clip that up when we get Tommy Walsh back on. He rolls pretty well. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I, um Angus, just just tell us, mate. How much do you love working with these sorts of athletes as well? You work with a number of them. What what is it about them that just sort of really really gets you going?
3: Oh yeah, look, it's totally it's a privilege. Um, but the people, I, most of the athletes I work with, um, you know, you have a bloody good time, and they they chase to try and be the best in the world. And um, look, that, that gets me pretty fired up. And it's it's just um, yeah, the pursuit of excellence in any sort of endeavor is, is a pretty cool thing to be involved with. So. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm very lucky to be doing what
2: I'm doing. Beautiful. Well, quickly before we let you go, do you reckon we could see another New Zealand bobsled team representing the the Kiwis at the Olympics? Can you can we see it happening?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, it definitely could happen. I think New Zealanders are actually quite suited to it because we're, um, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of rugby players are the right size and shape and build and what have you. And, I mean, you need to be a little bit crazy and you need to have a little bit of funding behind you. It's, it's, that's probably the major stumbling block mm. because it's, um, it's an expensive sport. The sled costs a bit of money. Oh, time costs money. It's, that, that's the real issue.
4: Mm. How, how much is a sled? Uh, about 100 grand. Well, is you go into your sock drawer and grab that out and we'll get ourselves <laughs> one of those, eh? <laughs> the sock jaw is (laughs)
2: empty (laughs) the sock jaw is (laughs) empty Angus Ross mate absolute champion thank you so much for being on on the show with us mate and we really appreciate your time the bobsleigh gets underway tonight at the Olympic Games too so if you want to watch with the info you've got now try to understand a bit more tune in tonight that was Angus Ross former uh, bobsledder for New Zealand we appreciate your time and current coach of the one and only Tom Walsh thanks brother
4: cheers Thanks mate.
2: There you
4: go. <laughs> that was very. reading really cool,
2: wasn't really keen to coach us. I
4: wasn't really
2: keen. Uh, to coach. No, oh, we oh, can't, bro. We can't up. do That's it cool. here. We can't do it here.
4: Bazingazy well, for breakfast, live from Korea, as we go about our work, <laughs> trying to become the bobsled team for New Zealand. And I get to smoke a big Cuban cigar while I'm sitting at the front of the of the sleigh, and you're doing all the power working behind. That's brilliant. Oh. Mate. I've watched, I saw James McDonald in the saddle. Oh, just smoking his smoking the pipe, hands and heels, getting espiono across the line. Yeah. Very informative. 100 k for a sled. Mm. Mm.
2: Rich man's sport, long. bud. Rich man's sport. It's on tonight. It's on tonight. I'm gonna watch that now. I'm gonna watch it. I think it's a fantastic sport. And you know what? I might even go back to back back to back into cool runnings. How good. <laughs>
0: Aziz UFC Fight Club Quiz. Thanks to Musashi Energy Drinks, Energy Amplified. Fueling Carlos Olberg at UFC 271.
2: <laughs> Fueling Carlos Olberg at 271. Woo! We spoke to Carlos yesterday. If you've missed that, make sure you head over to Aziz podcast on the SEN app and you'll hear that. We chat with Carlos Olberg as he heads into this weekend's fight. But it's time for USC theme quiz. We need you to call 0800-150-811 on the Kenard's Tire phone line. Give us a call because Baz needs a partner. Because <laughs> Dag's got a partner. Let's go. it's time <laughs> for the nah, quiz. No, 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 on his own. And how good is that? We need you to call. If you win, get a $50 Musashi Gift pack, courtesy of the team at Musashi. they are very very, very kind to donate that wee gift pack for this easy quiz today. part of the show. Easy, easy quiz. But before then, Smith City Super Rugby Tipping is here. Register now at tipping.senzradio.nz for your chance to win weekly prizes and a massive Samsung 65-inch TV for the season's top tipper. Smith City, stoked to support Super Rugby or Remember, we've got a tipping comp going. On as well, but right now it's UFC time, and we've got the team sorted. We've got the team sorted. It is Pete. I'm going to throw it over to you, Louis. Can
1: yes, is Baz? We've got Pete with team Izzy, Cam with team Baz. Pete, morning to you. Hey, good morning, mate. Good to have you on, Pete. Yeah, Petey. <laughs> Cam, hey. Cam, are you ready to light this up with Baz? Come on, oh, Cam good man all right give it cam. a crack Keep cam on. it's uh team bears team cams uh, uh toss today and the toss is vital bears i'm going to throw it up your cool. skip here we go heads it's
2: heads. heads it is is. go on show Bone. me the, show me the camera <laughs> show me the
1: camera <laughs> yeah, <bring me> <laughs> alright okay uh,
4: some are just born lucky eh
1: <laughs> first actually bears when you were skippering out in the middle did you always call the same side heads Every time, yep, yep. Every time, model of consistency. Alrighty, so get first to three chance to steal. No googling, Peter or Cameron, Baz and <laughs> Baz and Izzy. None of that. No googling. I don't Let's Google start. <laughs> Let's start. Cam, right of passage is yours. How yeah. many weight divisions are in the UFC? Uh, uh, six. That is unfortunately incorrect. Pete, over to you. Heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, welterweight, that's four. Feather, bantam, seven. Oh! Ooh, Lads, all right. That's a duck egg to start us. The answer is eight. Hang on. Does it come back to us now? Ah, uh, no. Hey, oh. uh, oh. no, no, no. You guys, Did we can, don't get a chance. You could, you could work with the boys, but once they get questions,
4: because otherwise, we're going to be. Otherwise, I we're thought there, we
1: allowed to talk.
4: Otherwise, we're there for too long. Uh. Moving on. Okay, what do you mean we're here for too one. long? It's our show, 6 till 9am. We'll just we'll just move something else out of the way. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We've got a competition hey, on feet, the feed, line. Feedback heard.
1: There's plenty of questions. Feedback heard. It's off to Team Izzy. <laughs> Pete, <laughs> what does the UFC stand for? Ultimate. Pete. Pete. Oh, Ultimate Fighting Champions I'm going to help him <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to help I'm allowed to help yeah, yeah, I was just making him. sure, Pete That's 1-0 Alrighty, back yeah, to Team yeah. Baz Nice, oh, PD Cam, alright Nate Here we go This is for Bears <laughs> and Cam So Cam, if you want to bring Bears in Feel free to bring Bears in Who is brother of yeah. Nate Diaz? Ooh. Uh, any, uh, any
4: idea there? Baz? Oh uh, well, no, I'd go for Cameron Diaz. So. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got it! I got it!
1: I got it! <laughs> All right. You got it, Pete? Cam. Um, uh, it's, um... Three, two, one. Bro, this two, is way too long. One, Come on. <laughs> what was that? Nick. Nah, on the nah man. On the hooter yeah. Louis! I'm sorry. Saw your timings out, Louis. O- what, the- you want to give him two Go.
4: minutes? On the hooter On your Cam. All right, back to Team Izzy. I bought wow. you some time there, eh? Hey. You realise that. Oh, on, really
1: to, on to Team Izzy. Uh, Khabib was one of the rare UFC fighters who retired undefeated. How many wins did he finish his uh, term with there, Pete and Izzy? Twenty. Ooh, you've gone early and you've you probably could have used Izzy there. Uh, over to Cam and team Baz to go up one.
4: Oh, shit. Cam, you got it? I wonder, yeah not
1: have. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> say Baz, say the question again. How many wins did Khabib finish his UFC career with? Or his career with? Twenty. 21. Alrighty, geez, We're going we to need some more questions here. Um, that would make it whose answer is Team Cam, uh, Team Baz. You're going first here. Uh, who did Who did Israel Adesanya beat in his UFC debut, Cam? And Baz?
5: Uh, Don't,
2: Baz. Three. Look up, Baz. Look up, Baz. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out on this
1: one Alright we'll go across to team Izzy Pete do you have a clue Who did, who did Izzy Adesanya start as UFC Have his debut against Oh not really Izzy any, any idea mate Oh nah uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that,
2: Nah I've got no idea Only a I was a jobber <laughs> I
1: don't think that's <laughs> nah, his no name idea. All right. It was a it is uh, Rob Wilkinson. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, nah. Go again. All righty, let's keep going. Let's keep going. That would make it uh, mm. Team Izzy's crack here first up. Which former yep. UFC heavyweight yep, we'll was one. nicknamed the Iceman? Do you have that, Pete and Izzy? The Iceman heavyweight. Um, Chuck Vidal was the Iceman, but he wasn't a heavyweight. That's that's my bad. i got bad eyesight. <laughs> Bang. Yes! 2, two yeah, Alright, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Bears and hey, Cam need right. a response here. Oh. 2 1. Yeah. Bears and Cam need a response. How many ways can you stop in the UFC bout? I'm looking for a number. And it's a round number. Uh,
0: uh two round
1: number. Eight. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not 8 Izzy and Pete for the win You're on 2 How many ways can you stop in the UFC bout? So a knockout, a submission, a referee stoppage Or you go to decision uh, Or disqualification
0: so uh, it's 5?
1: Like no, it's not It's not We're going to go shut and this shootout here Baz, Cam, back to you <laughs>
4: I don't know. Um, six. It's not six. We seven. Said, seven. Uh, seven. It's
1: seven. <laughs> it's actually ten. It's seven.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> Google's
2: wrong. <laughs> we win, man. We win. We
1: need... We're we win. Sure, uh, we win. We win. Solution, solution, we'll uh, just uh, submit. Eight. <laughs> All right. This, we're into we're into, well into the stoppage time of the news here. This is submission. Uh, Izzy and Cam, uh, Izzy and Pete, you finished with more points, correct answers too. Yeah, we're gonna have to call this we off. The, we're waving this off. Yeah. it's it's team. Izzy. Pete. congratulations, Pete. What Izzy. up, Pete? <laughs> we're gonna wave this off. Two one, mate. Too much blood on the octagon. How floor. luck,
4: Cam. My bad. Well done, you lot. Very good. Oh, Righto. Wow. Take your Masashi energy drinks. <laughs> Masashi energy energy <laughs> drinks energy amplified fueling carlos Alberg at ufc 271 for Kubota. together we're shaping and building new zealand it's time now to talk a little bit of harness racing when you think about races that have captivated the public over the last five years it's hard to look past the everest over in australia a slot race in which you buy an entry into the race and then you compete for extraordinary prize money with the best horse that you can find available someone has been watching and that someone is David Branch at Cambridge Raceway here in New Zealand because the Harness Centre well they've launched New Zealand's first slot race and the prize money 900,000 big ones is up for grabs Mm. and the best part of it all SENZ has got a slot and we're going to take you for the ride with us so how good is that going to be David Branch is the CEO at Cambridge Raceway and he's on the line with us now good morning mate morning guys how long have you been dreaming this one up, and what was the inspiration, mate?
5: Uh, it's been in the pipe work for uh, pipes for a wee while eh? but we um, it all sort of got a bit serious probably November, December, and um, everything came together. We're working at working on it over Christmas, New Year's, and then yeah, just so good to finally have it have it out there, have the slot holders announced, and and get it underway.
4: Well, the Everest was that a bit of an inspiration for it, or? or... Or some other sort of event, or you just kind of you thought, well, I've seen that over the over the ditch, and that kind that kind of works okay. Let's make it happen here.
5: Yeah, for sure. So definitely based around the Everest concept. Uh, that was based on one um, original one in America called uh, the um, Phoenix, uh, and then um, yeah. So essentially based on those, but obviously not quite to the same level of of the um, Everest yet. But um, you know, we've got dreams to grow it to um, keep growing it every year
2: yeah oh he was about to say a number there he was about to say a number there <laughs> david branch thank you so <laughs> much for joining us on Bears and izzy for breakfast it's izzy here mate congratulations exciting news um quickly i know a few uh, harness owners and, and trainers down in in christchurch and uh how's it being received amongst the ownerships and and the trainers and the normal pundits in the harness racing world they must be hugely excited
5: yeah, there's definitely a real bit of hype around at the moment, which is great. They um, it's, it's obviously a new kind to so everyone's still sort of finding their feet. Lots of questions, um, lots of talk, which is great, and and yeah, I'm sure that'll just continue over the coming weeks as as the deals start coming through on the horses that it, that they lock in.
2: So SCNZ, we've got a wee slot. Apparently, Hutchies are you know, gone deep into the pockets. How hard was it to to fill the slots? Was there a lot of people lining up and and ready to be involved in the race?
5: Yeah, we sort of got the, the first seven or eight locked in pretty pretty easily, and then it was just the, that final mm. push on the last couple. We we got a few of our our good sponsors involved, and they had some of their friends and stuff jump in, a few of our members and that jump in to make up the sort of last one. But, yeah, yeah it, was, it was pleasing, obviously, when it's all come together.
4: And, and how do those slot holders now go about selecting their... Uh horses to compete in the race david
5: yeah so that's that's sort of we leave that with them now our work how we're sort of done so we'll facilitate anything but that that's for them to pick up the phone and have a chat to to the owners to the trainers um likewise it'll worked the other way around you'll have trainers that are um picking up the phone to slot holders going hey i've got one that might be a bit of a chance or something and yeah so that that sort of process just naturally takes care of itself yeah
4: and, and the race itself so what uh how, what's the distance of the race and is it uh, is it a mobile is it standing start what's um what's kind of what does it look like as a race
5: yeah yeah so mobile um twenty two hundred meters which for us uh, starts right in front of the crowd um, so hoping we'll be able to have a big crowd for it uh, and then essentially two laps of of our track the so winning post and two laps and then uh, so it's actually a preferential draw um, to try and attract some of the good three year olds so if, if any three-year-olds want to line up against the open-class horses, they'll get a pref draw. So the likes of Acuta and um, Franco and the potential ones that may want to look at it, but it is hard for those three-year-olds, obviously, against the older ones, against the, the advantage they get.
2: What's the what's the criteria? Can, can you is it available for offshore horses to come over and have a crack at it? Like Australian horses coming over and. And being involved, are you, or are you more just catering towards we want to see the best Kiwi horses be a part of this race and see us the best.
5: Now, nah, definitely open. I'm trying to attract some of the Aussies. Obviously, get yeah, that gets a bit more complicated with the the COVID restrictions this year. But <laughs> uh, we want it to be the best of the best, and it, it sort of kicks off the. Uh, the Carnival, the Autumn Carnival, that ends in the Auckland Cup. So the idea is we track some of those horses over and then we've got some other races that they can go in as well and race for a decent amount of money over over a bit of a series.
4: What about, what about the um, the harness industry? Are they all getting riding right behind us? Is there a real sense of anticipation about the event?
5: Yeah, for sure. Like it, it's, it's probably the most exciting thing that's happened in harness racing since the Harness Jewels. Concept was was sort of announced, and that sort of it was around for 12 or 13 years. So definitely um, something new. There'll be there'll still be people on the fence, waiting to see uh, if it works, what happens. Um, but yeah, obviously the slot holders are locked in for three years, which was key. So we know we've got three years to keep growing it, and um, people will learn as 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 we go along, see what it's all about, and I'm sure each year will get bigger and bigger.
2: All right, David. Quickly, just sell us the dream. We're going to be in the red-green light system. We're going to be all systems go. Come race day, Bears and Izzy, Louie, Kez, the whole team, Joe. We'll be at Cambridge. We'll be watching the race. What's it going to be like, mate? What are you hoping for it, the, the, the night to be like?
5: Uh, 5,000 people is our goal. We've got such a good track for for viewing. And you're pretty much right on the, yeah. on the action. So, Our plan is GA just absolutely um, packing the place out. Uh, yeah, all, all COVID plans willing. So. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, G.A. What about the hospital area? <laughs> How's the
4: hospital yeah, yeah. area <laughs> looking? Yeah, so then well, we've got our... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys the, uh,
5: right the right up the top in the Skyline Lounge and the, the premium area with the champagne and bubbles on tap. So, yeah, and we'll definitely have those sort of options as well.
4: Oh, uh, you're a good yeah. man. Good man. Well, fantastic initiative, and I'm sure you know the uh, the harness racing people really appreciate it. The industry needed something like that, a little shot in the arm, and, and you're delivering it. So thanks heaps for that, mate, and we look forward to it, and it's great that we're involved as well with SCNZ, uh, only one of those slots. And let's hope, imagine if we were. Yeah, awesome. Oh, how good would that be? We'll have to get you back on after. But thanks for joining <laughs> yeah. us, David.
5: No, thanks very much, yeah. and thanks for being involved. yeah uh, Good man. Oh, it'll uh, be a tough day the front. next day,
2: Baz. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: wow. Well,
4: it's a holiday, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh yeah, yeah, yeah a good, good Friday in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Out with the boys, in with the men. All those sorts of sayings, which we used to rely on back in the day when you just finished on an odd number. Anyway, it's seven fifty-one in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Looking forward to the old. Harness Racing, crack there, a la the Everest, $900,000. Good on you, Hutchie, as well, for putting in a little bit of your hard-earned Aussie dollars and getting us one of those slots so we can secure a live chance in the race. We're going to come back on the other side with plenty more, and then later on, we've got Steve Finn talk a little bit of cricket with Razine. That's
1: six more. That's beautifully timed. He absolutely pummeled out. Baz and Izzy are talking cricket. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand
4: for the past 10 years. Yes, Razine has been New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 10 years and it's time to talk some cricket. Thanks to them here in New Zealand. Our biggest issue, Kane Williamson's elbow. Across the ditch in Australia, well, it's a very public war of words between the past legends of the game and the current crop. Up north in the UK, where do we start? Wholesale changes across the ECB have been made and the angst about where English cricket is can even be felt all the way down here in the plus six four. Stephen Finn, he's an Englishman. He's well across this, former English. Well, he's not former. He might make a comeback, actually. He does wonderful work as well for the BBC in the commentary box these days. and He's taken our call today. It's a very good evening to you, Finney. Lovely to talk to you here, mate
0: good morning yeah it's good to
4: uh it's good to speak to you guys um nice to hear your voice again thank you Vinny. i've got izzy here with me as well and uh, we're gonna ask some hard-hitting hey, questions of you now that you're a, a pundit and and well across the the world of uh critiquing these current day players uh what is going on with your rabble by the way gee It is a rabble
0: oh mate it's hard to say isn't it at the moment it's um it's in turmoil, really, I think the Australia series obviously um made it hard work for um for the boys down there. I mean, I was there watching, and it was tough watching it um and i didn't have to deal with the day to day um of playing out there in the ashes this time round it was it was like a paid holiday for me to be quite frank it was um very pleasant but um yeah it was um it's not been a great few weeks for english cricket um Andrew Strauss has come in and made some. Um, pretty decent changes um, as we're seeing them now, no Stuart Broad, no James Anderson um, in this current test match squad over in, um, in the West Indies, which is going to be really interesting to see how that develops and how that works. Um, but yeah, a big change and I think there's been three test matches out of the last 177 that neither Stuart Broad or James Anderson have played, so it's quite a monumental, monumental moment.
2: Yeah, it's huge. It's huge, mate. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve. It's Izzy here on Baz and Izzy. I'm Baz's co-host. Great to have you on the show, mate. Yeah, Did you expect these changes, Anderson and Broad particularly? 320 caps between them 1177 test wickets. Huge tonne of experience there. Did you expect them to be gone?
0: Um, yeah, well, no, it's nice to chat to you too, mate. Um, I hope Baz is looking after you. He, um, he's looked after me a few times over the course of my career um, when i've played with and against him but it's uh, i i don't think i really anticipated these changes no especially with the other huge changes that have mm-hmm. happened at the moment with the change of coach the change of director of cricket um the chief executive under big pressure um you'd think that if they wanted some stability and some leadership right now that those two would be your go-to men um but the people in charge the selection committee and um the people who've been charged with taking this forward over the next short period of time have decided that they're not necessarily in um, in West Indies, and it's fair to say that there's um, there's been a slight bit of backlash here in the UK. Mm.
4: Yeah, you're spot on, Fani. Just you know both Jimmy and and Brody so well as well. How do you think they will deal with this? And do you think they'll be angry? Do you think they'll respond in in a in a vocal sort of uh, public way, or they'll just go about their work?
0: Um, It's hard to say, really. I think that um, they'll be very wary of not wanting to upset the apple cart too much um, because I I know that they both want to keep playing. I've spoken to both, not in the last 48 hours since this news has broken, but um, I've spoken to them over the course of the last three, four, five months, and they're both very motivated to keep playing, um, at least until the next Ashes series, which is 18 months away in the UK. So um, I I don't think that they'll be particularly vocal about it. I think they'll be honest to say that they're disappointed. Um, But we've certainly seen Stuart Broad do some emotional TV interviews before when he's been left out of squads. Um, and, And I don't think that that's the way that they'll go this time around. But certainly they'll be disappointed.
2: Oh, they'll be angry for sure. I got dropped for the World Cup. It absolutely sucks. But they'll be back. They'll find the hunger and they'll find the drive and they'll definitely be back, mate. You can't leave experience and, and class out of the side for too long. Hey, um, quickly just tell us about the situation where Andrew Strauss has come in and obviously Paul Collingwood's the coach. Who are, who is making all these decisions? Who who is the big the big man here and making all these key decisions? I'm kind of just getting a bit more of an understanding that Andrew Strauss is coming and he's just wielding the axe and, and making the big calls. Has Paul Collingwood got any say?
0: Well, I think that he'll have been consulted. So as far as I understand it, the selection committee for this tour would have been James mm. Taylor, who Baz would have played against, I think, um, when he was playing for England. Um, Andrew Strauss. Joe Root would have been consulted, definitely, um, after mm. they'd decided to keep him on as captain. Um, and Paul Collingwood would have been consulted as well, but whether he'd have had a deciding vote in one of those selection committee meetings, I'm not sure. So um, th- that makes the decision even stranger because just because leaving a massive duo like those guys out in this situation seems like a, a massive call. Um, but again, Andrew Strauss has been very direct, especially when he was captain of the England team, and when he was director of cricket before his wife sadly passed away. Um, he was very clear about the direction that he wanted to take the team in, um, and Baz has shown when he was captain and has been involved with teams, there's a very clear direction with which those teams want to travel in. So maybe he's got um, his eye on an end game, and I think he alluded to that in his, um, in his press conference slightly. Um, but he's, he's a man with a lot of clarity, and this must be part of that.
4: Yeah, it's really interesting, Finney I guess like, because Strauss has come in and he's in the chair at the moment, but it's very, it's very much an interim role, right? Like, where all these changes, where does it end to the point where we go? Right now, we've got a a clear direction of where we're going. Now, how do we piece all of this back together, and who are the people that are going to start to piece it together, And, and who in your mind? Are those people for, say, a director of cricket role, um, a head coach role? We're both very good friends with Owen Morgan, and he's been incredibly successful at the helm of the, the White Bull side. Has he got a role now? His career is sort of winding down, very much like and- Andrew Strauss did, where he could step into a role and, and sort of provide a little bit of that leadership and clarity, perhaps.
0: Um, so the way that I see it right now is that I think that there's going to be a split role between the Test Match team and the white ball team, because I think there's just so much cricket at the moment that it's impossible to burden one man with the task of managing all three teams in all three formats um, and try and remain upbeat and, and um, able to motivate the teams in the right manner and prepare them for the games. So I see a split role. I think that it's important that we develop some English coaches that are capable of coaching in international cricket because you don't always want to be looking outside of your own house um, for those leaders within that. Um, And So I think that there'll be an English coach for the white ball team and I think that they'll be supported by Owen Morgan as the captain of that white ball team and the person who's really led the resurgence or has definitely led the resurgence of white ball cricket in England. Um, and I think that over time, maybe he will develop more of a role um, to, to go into the management side of things. But I think for the time being, it's the white ball team looks after itself and that can really provide an English coach with the support that they need to learn the ropes of international cricket. Um, and then I think the test match team is the one that really needs looking at. And I think that we'll see some overseas influence in that regard, um, who the personnel are, I'm not sure. I know Gary Kirsten was linked, but I'm not sure how much he would want the job with the time away from home. Um, but I think that the Test match team is really where that direction is needed.
4: Yeah, totally agree, actually, that one day NT20 sides mm. are, are in very good hands, aren't they? It's just the Test team, which is a complete rabble at the moment. Um, Fanny, what about uh, one thing that you must be just delighted with is just... Uh, the fallout and animosity, which is going on in Australian cricket at the moment. You boys must be loving that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's nice to direct some attention away from us, actually. Every time you flick (laughs) open on some sort of cricket article, it's about our England, what changes are being made. But yeah, um, to see, uh, to look over, it must be nice for you guys too, to look over the Tasman and just see um, a little bit of chaos over there. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Mate, what about uh, what about you? You're obviously doing a little bit of uh, the commentary stuff and a bit of punditry, and and you still still got the boots on. And and what uh, what's life like for Stephen Finn at the moment?
0: Well, life for me has changed slightly since you did last seen me, Baz. So I've moved counties from Middlesex to Sussex. So I'm currently living in um, in Brighton on the south coast. Um, currently looking out my front window and I can see the ground um from my flat so I've not got too far to stumble um on the morning of a four-day game when I've bowled 40 overs already that's um that's (laughs) going to be a good positive to it um yeah certainly um looking forward to getting involved with my new team down here it's a very young team and sort of a different stage of my career I suppose in trying to help young players develop and get better whilst also using that to motivate myself and get the best out of myself in these last few years of playing, but definitely have enjoyed the punditry side of things and um, and going around and watching cricket without having to prepare for it um, in the same manner throughout the winter is certainly something that I've enjoyed, as as I'm sure um, you would know, Baz, from from the punditry stuff that you've been doing, which I've loved listening to, by the way. Oh, thank you, Guy. Very kind, Guy.
4: Likewise, mate, we look forward to when England come down here, we'll, we'll get you a part of the Spark Sport commentary team, and we'll be able to show you around the places that you used to visit when you were down here playing for Otago as well. Hey, mm. um, oh Izzy, what I should, I probably should have told you is so Finney and Tim Southy are very good mates as well. So Yeah. That's, okay. Um, yeah. So you know what you know. Ah, uh, makes know, sense.
2: Makes yeah. sense. Makes <laughs> sense. Tell us about your time in Dunedin. Tell us about your time with Bears and Dunners. Anything you can share that might we might be able to clip and put on our Instagram? <laughs>
0: well, oh, yeah. I um he, he got I, a I, of it, it, <laughs> It's early in the morning over there, so I better be careful exactly what I say. But um no, the first time that <laughs> I met um that I met Baz and the boys from Otago it was like walking into a into a nightclub that had a very good smoke machine in the bathroom. All the boys were <laughs> sucking back the buries in the bathroom, stressed out because, including the coach, stressed out because we would just rolled out for 60 or something against Northern Districts, I think it was. Um, and, and, yeah, walked in there for a leak and um, it to sifted through the smoke to be able to get to the urinal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> stress, <laughs> stressfully, <laughs> stress, <laughs> stress, <laughs> Baz. Oh my goodness! That <laughs> yeah, is professional. Love it. That's it right. yeah,
4: yeah. That was the olden days, of course. Very professional these days. But uh, funny mate, we'll uh, we'll let you go. But we really appreciate you taking the time to speak to Izzy and myself here on on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And as always, your your views are uh, very much appreciated and, and so eloquently put across as well. Such a a wonderful wordsmith you are, he Appreciate everything, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate no,
0: Thanks for
4: having me, boys. All right. Well, take care. Absolute legend, Stephen Finn. Champion, dude. He's still got a bit of kick in him, too. Don't worry about that. Mate, when he when mm. he came to Otago, he bowled rockets. So Jamie Howe, yeah. who used to play for New Zealand, obviously, CD batsman, probably one of the best short yeah. ball players that, that I've played with um, in, in New Zealand, and Stephen Finn were playing at um Burt Sucliffe Oval, which is a pretty quick and bouncy surface there in Christchurch out at Lincoln. And Finney split Jamie Howe's helmet, literally split it on the peak. It just opened right up. He bowled rockets and just hit him on the helmet. And Jamie even Jamie Howe was jumping around a little bit. He was um, when he Whoa. first exploded on the scene, he was up there with one of the quickest going around. He would have been one fifty when he first arrived. Yeah. And then he's had a few injuries and things, yeah. And and a couple of sort of um, setbacks along the way. But he's still got a little bit of kick in him and hopefully he can rediscover his best form for uh, for Sussex mm. as well. But a wonderful human being, mate. Absolute champion fella and great guy to, to, uh, to be around. It's pretty cool that he, he jumped on the show with us as well. I'll introduce you to him when he gets down to these shores. I think you'll have a good... Sounds good, Bess. <laughs>